everybody. Let me just give you a few announcements while before Paul gets back here and me, and he starts bantering. So glad you're here. My name is Sonia. If I haven't met you, hey everybody. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, all the people who mom out there. There are lots of people who mom. There are lots of mothering that goes on. It totally counts. Um, we have um, just a little Mother's Day token of our appreciation. So if you are mothering, if you are if you mother in any way, shape, or form, please feel free. Rose, we've got roses and some face masks over there. So just treat yourself, okay? Um, hey, one. So you know how we're all. Um, everybody knows, right? We're like we're we're in this transition period. Before we head over to um, Sunnyside United Methodist Church over on Bel, well, it's technically Yamhill and 35th, just a block off of Belmont. I don't know if you've hung out over there recently, but you should. You should just go over, hang out in the neighborhood, have a burger at Dick's Kitchen, a crepe at Suzette's. This is what I do. I just walk down the street and eat food. That's what you do on Belmont. Have you tried that taco place that's there? I, I have not I tried the taco there, place. Yeah. No. The well, what? Of course, Stumptown on Belmont. Oh, a tea house? Oh, yeah. A wonderful place. Yeah. So many good things going on over there. So um, go hang out in the neighborhood. Go hang out in the neighborhood and invite me to come with you. And it will be so good. Um, except for this week, it's going to be rainy and cloudy, but we won't talk about that. Um, so next, inside. yeah. Wear a raincoat. Drink coffee. Easy. Rain is perfect coffee. It is. Um, so this next Saturday, um, Amina Brown is a, she's a spoken word artist and, um, social activist, justice oriented, um, awesome woman. She's doing, she's doing a concert. I'm actually helping to, um, I'm helping to promote. I'm not doing a very good job. I'm helping to organize this event, her concert. She and her husband, her husband is a, a DJ. So her and her husband are doing a show at Sunnyside at the church next Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. Um, I think it's five bucks. Um, so um, here, so uh, we're kind of helping promote that and participate in getting that, uh, that space ready. So let's just say Thursday night at about 6 o'clock, you're like, man, I want to eat pizza and hang out with Sonia. The way you can do that is to go over to Sunnyside <laughs> and help me clean the large sanctuary space where we're going to hold the concert. So um, there is kind of debris-ish. You're going to see the lovely cornflower blue carpet. You're saying you'll buy pizza. I will buy pizza. For those who come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will. It's not just like, let's come eat pizza together. No. It's We're free to people. you. Yeah. Yeah. Free to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have to dust off things right, and clean right. things. and. Yes. Thursday at Thursday 6 night. o'clock yeah. over at Sunnyside. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I Whatever know, kind of pizza, if you say you're coming, you tell me what pizza you want, and I will make sure that it's there. Um, <laughs> For every person. Yeah, every single person. No. <laughs> when I order it, I need one slice that's this. That won't be annoying for anyone. Um, so 6 o'clock on Thursday at Sunnyside, we're just going to clean up that sanctuary larger space area. Um, which would be a great opportunity for any of you who want to see the space can come and see that too. Um, but we're going to, um, there are random candelabras and chairs and 
good. Who knows what else? Carpets. I don't know. There's a lot of vacuuming. So My the main thing to me is the vacuuming. That's what I. Yeah. I think that would be great, actually, if you had a vacuum to bring. I saw one, like, it's a pretty large space, and I saw one lone vacuum cleaner. I don't really know how or what the status is. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. There's lots of debris. So it's, it actually, if, if a good number of us show up, it's going to take, it's going to be really quick. But um, just an opportunity to get together, make that space a little more inviting and friendly. It's been a little neglected. So, Yeah. Thursday at 6, and then the show is on Saturday at 6 o'clock. So, Amina Brown. Look her up. A-M-E-N-A Brown. What? Spoken word. She's like a spoken word. And her husband's a DJ. Do you like how he's a DJ? How does it work? Like this? Wiki, wiki. Okay. All right. My son would be so embarrassed right now. Anyway, let's move on. Move on? Yeah, let's jump in. Jump into our talk? Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, did you know um, when I was a young Weeblo at summer camp? <laughs> right? What's a Weeblo? What? Does anyone know what a Weeblo is? Yeah, oh, I'll go. Michelle says she knows. What's? Boom. Yeah. Weeblos are like the, the tweeners of, of the Boy Scout like hierarchy, right? And so I was a young weeblo. When I um, was a young weeblo. That's what I. And I went to summer, summer camp, right? I went to summer camp, and that summer I won both the Silver Bullet and the Golden Arrow Award. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, babe. Hey, what happened to you Oh, let's see, did I have that in my yeah. notes? Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> this may not be something you know about Boy Scouts, but I don't know what they do out here, but where I was from, yeah, you shoot 22s and shoot bows and arrows. And so, <laughs> scandal. Well, that's what my question for Sonia was, was did she shoot 22s and, and bows and arrows in your... You didn't do Girl Scouts. No, like because I grew up in the Assemblies of God. Yeah, so the Christian version of yeah. Girl Scouts. Yeah, missionettes. Yeah. Do I have any missionettes in the house? Turquoise sash. We had a turquoise sash. We got crowns. Yeah, yeah, tiaras, actually, to be specific. You got patches. I earned a patch. Keep in mind, this is the 1980s, okay? 1980s. But I earned a patch for doing dishes. And making wow. food and doing the laundry. Yes, I did. Wow. There weren't any gender issues in this, in this, right? The domesticated patch. Sewing. There was sewing. For being a good friend. Memorizing scripture. All those things. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was in the woods. Yeah. Shooting things with things. Like multiple things. But I always, I've always loved projectile-based activity. So, yeah. Any other? Like, anybody else just love like shooting things? Yeah, with anything. Like shoot anything with anything. Chinese stars. Fun. Chinese stars is on my list. Yes. Even rocks. Yeah, just go and throw rocks. Yeah. You know. But yeah, Chinese stars for sure. That's the top mm -hmm. of my list. Um, I had a really good time with like homemade blowguns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe. Well, like, what I had was these uh, plastic pipes that were about this long, 
that I don't even know where they came from. They were just <laughs> discarded somewhere around my home. And I caught, uh, you know, about 15 minutes of a Charles Bronson movie. I think it was called <laughs> Death Wish. And um, I, he had to fight these guys off. They were like attacking him in his hotel room, but he didn't have any weapons. And so he made a blowgun. He made a blowgun <laughs> out of what he found right in the room. Oh my goodness! He's yeah. like MacGyvering this thing. It was yeah. yes. So he, he from our eighties reference. He took apart a lamp and and took oh. the the tube. Yeah, from that the makes lamp. sense. Uh-huh. And then he found like some nails, little finishing nails, uh-huh. and he wrapped them in uh, paper cones, and then that way they fit right into the the blowgun. And then they just he just shot all these guys down with his blowgun. And I was like, that seems that, realistic. That yeah. looks awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I was eleven, something like that. And I was like, I can do this. And then I I had the thought. I was like, well, nails might be going a little too far. So I took pencils. And, <laughs> and, but I also knew not to use the sharp end out because this was for play. I wasn't. Wasn't it wasn't actually, lethal. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you weren't in danger. No one was no, coming after no. you. And this was just practice. In St. Charles, Missouri, no one was like attacking right. your home. Right, right, right. right. And thankfully, my sister can still see out of that eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's some blood. Amy. It, it really just came from the eyelid. Eyelids are really soft. They just <laughs> you hit on and they just kind of split open. But if you hold them, if you hold them close. <laughs> And say, shh, don't tell mom. (laughs) They heal up real fast. Super glue. (laughs) Don't tell mom. Yeah. That's exactly what we did. I loved wrist rockets, which is like a slingshot, you know? I even got in, I got like all Old Testament at one point and actually learned how to use uh, an actual sling, not a slingshot, but like a David and Goliath kind of sling. Oh man, so fun. I'm getting excited just thinking about it. But out of all of the all of these things, archery was definitely one I kept coming back to and doing the most. And I've shot a lot of archery even as an adult. I actually won some awards. No. In archery. True. Yeah. True story. Is that the end of the story? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it also hurts. Have you ever done bow and arrow and then like it's not set up right and you just keep whacking your arm? You know what I'm no, talking no, about? No, yeah. No, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. But I think the uh, precision nature of it appeals to my perfectionistic nature. I think that's what it is. I just like, because you can just always keep improving, right? You can always get it just a little righter, right? And that's really all I want to do in life is just get things right and then make them more right. And then <laughs> the radius. The radius. Oh, oh, that sounds yeah. fun. So you start with just being able to hit the target, and then you move in to be able to hit the bullseye, and then you can, like, get all the arrows in the bullseye. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. And then you can actually start splitting the knocks. You know what the knocks are on an arrow? That's the part that you actually put in the string. It's the part that's like this. The notches? The no, notch part? Knock. Oh. I mean, there is a notch. Yeah, I'm just clarifying. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is... Could I get it right? More right? <laughs> so. Marriage 101, right yeah. here. So. Uh, <laughs> it's the notch. It's, yeah. It's not the notch. The knock, but the knock does have a notch that you put the string in. Yeah. And so then if you hit the tip of the that arrow with the other arrow, it, it'll split the knockoff. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know you're like, oh man, I'm really dialing in. And then if you're like like you really get on it. Like Robin Hood. You can split an arrow. Like elves. You you can you can split an aluminum arrow if you hit it 
dead center. You know, like actually split the back end open, which is not necessarily what you want to do, but it is awesome when it happens. And yes. It's like a hole in one. Yes. Oh. So I love this. But the topic I wanted to discuss today, it made me think of this stuff. It made me think of archery um, because one of the biblical terms for the topic is an archery term. So I'm guessing some of you are like ahead of me already. Who knows the topic that has to do with an archery term? There you go. I knew Joe. I should have excluded Joe. Sorry. <laughs> Joe knows everything, so. <laughs> or much. He'd say he doesn't know everything. But uh, yeah, missing the mark is, the, is another translation of the word that usually gets translated. Yeah. Sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> we Mother's Day sin talk. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, usually you let moms off easy on Mother's Day. No, today we're bringing it home. You're like Proverbs 31, (laughs) right? We're like, you know what? We need to talk about sin. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. It's good. It is good. Yeah. So in the Old Testament, um, well, I'll just read the quote I I put down from the Dictionary of Biblical Theology. It says this, uh, the one usually translated sin, so the Hebrew word usually translated sin, um, and closely related terms of the same root occur about 600 times in the Old Testament. Um, its original meaning is that of missing the target, uh, failing, falling short of the norm or the goal. So what does the word sin make you think of? Without. Without. Mm. Shame? Shame. Yeah, I suddenly that's, felt that's shame. That's telling of our religious upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Apples? Because Eve. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. But I mean, be honest. Look, how, how many, maybe I phrase it this way. What does the word sin make you feel when I say we're going to talk about sin? There was, a, there was a reaction in the room, right? What does, what does talking about this make us feel? Yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. Judge, she said. Unworthy. Unworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Yeah, we have trouble talking about this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. We don't even like to use the word. I was looking at a, um, an Enneagram article, actually, uh-huh. and they were talking about the deadly sins of Enneagram. So I don't know how many of you are like into Enneagram, but they talk about like the vices or like the, our, our passions, yeah. whatever, like they talk, talk about art. Each one has a deadly sin. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about this with my friends, but I can't use the word sin. So what, like, right? Because that word is so loaded with and everything we just immediately heard, right? makes people defense, makes us defensive, yeah. doesn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I think it, it has become or been adopted as a major part of what we would call Christianese, right? It's, so it's, it is so loaded every time. And it's on every billboard up. sign that you've ever seen of the person that you don't want to talk to, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I like, I, I've been reading a lot of Richard Rohr uh, lately. He's a, a priest that does a lot of work um, in, in the Enneagram stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of writing about that kind of thing. And um, he says, for many people today, the concept of sin has become you know, hard to understand. The very word stirs up resistance. Oh, wow. This isn't charged. Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? Yeah. Just keep um. going. It's 
Okay, this dies. We're gonna have to switch to something else. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, that begs the question. You know, what is sin? So the biblical uh, ideas that that we've already brought up are things like missing the mark. Um, another way is like to bend or twist or pervert uh, divine will or rebelling against God. And so immediately I was like, well, what, what's, you know, a great example? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a canon, maybe, you know. That, which is kind of, well, I'm leading us there. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, because that, we, if, if we, uh, oh, look at that. Jamie. <laughs> we really have the best people. The best. Mm-hmm. Oh. That is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that's fantastic. Thank you, Jamie. That is wonderful. But, um, so I was thinking about it in regards to like if you're going to miss the mark, you have to have a mark to hit, right? If you if you are going to be without something, there has to be something that it would be with. There there is something that we um, are measuring things against, right? This is this makes us uncomfortable at times. Um, but the example to me of missing or twisting or rebelling uh, against the Ten Commandments would be an example of sin, right? And so. Uh, Exodus 20, uh, verse 3 says this. I'm just going to read all of them. So you pick up on all 10, get a refresher if you haven't, you know, sat down and read the Ten Commandments lately. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you don't have the Ten Commandments on your wall, like, you, like a grandma. Right, your courthouse. Like grandma did, you know, like, yeah. yeah, or a courthouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, napkins, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Exodus, and I'm going to read today everything I believe, everything I put in here is from the message. Um Exodus 20, starting in verse 3, no other gods, only me. Uh, No carved gods of any shape, uh, size, or form of anything whatever, whether of things that fly or walk or swim. Don't bow down to them and don't serve them because I am God, your God, and I am most jealous, God punishing the children for any sins their parents pass on to them to the third and, yes, even the fourth generation of those who hate me but I'm unswervingly loyal to the thousands who love me and keep my commandments. Um, No using the name of God, your God, in curses or silly banter. Uh, God won't put up with the irreverent use of his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Work six days and do everything you need to do, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to God, uh, your God. Don't do any work. Do not, um, not not you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servant, nor your maid, uh, nor your animals, not even the foreign guests visiting in your town. For in six days, God made heaven, earth, and sea, and everything in them. He rested on the seventh. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day. He set it apart as a holy day. Uh, Honor your father and mother so that you'll live a long time in the land uh, that God, your God, is giving you. That this is yeah. it's not original to the text. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> Do this inserting. Do well or you'll die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my takeaway from that commandment. Honor your father and mother. I hope you called your mom today. <laughs> Death. Okay. <laughs> One. Okay. Um, no murder. No adultery. No stealing. No lies about your neighbor. <sighs> no lusting after your neighbor's house or wife or servant or maid, or ox, or donkey. Don't let your heart uh, don't set you. on, don't, oh, don't set your heart on anything 
yeah. that is or car neighbors. or house or bank account or yeah yeah that's what he's getting at there. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, so what does violating this do? What does sin do? If we break these rules, what happens? Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I always love to point out is that if you notice, the first four are all about relationship with God. And the last six are all about relationship with each other. Right? And so and there are many people that would say that the, uh, the greatest commandment that Jesus is quoting when, when he's asked what is the greatest commandment or when the teacher of the law is asked by Jesus what the greatest commandment, right? they both have the same reply. The greatest commandment is love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, that it's summarized. The law, the, this law is summarized in that. The first four are ways that you love God. You don't break that relationship with him. And the last six are like, this is how you don't break relationship with others. And um, so that, that gives us this like picture. And that's how I always think about this concept of um, like love is the greatest rule. Because uh, that's, that's a popular concept today, right? Love wins. Love is, uh, you know, always wins, right? Like that's, that's one of our favorite mantras, um, which is true. But I don't think that it is meant to be reductive. I don't think it's meant to reduce the richness of what it is to love to just a simple statement. But it is a good way to summarize and go, um, I'm going to spend my life learning what it is to love. So how does love win? How does love win in my relationship with God? How does love win in my relationship with others? Mm-hmm. And it, it does the opposite of sin, right? right? Sin breaks relationship, love builds relationship. Yeah, and I think when given, like when you're a kid, like I'm thinking about my own religious upbringing, right? Which included a lot of rules. And like when I think about, and we've heard these examples, but like with my toddler, he has different rules that to, to keep him safe. And as he gets older, he doesn't need those rules because he's understood, right, the, the environment he lives in and can make good decisions, like not playing in the street when there's a car, right? Mm-hmm. And w- when we see rules or we see, like, we look at the Ten Commandments or we look at, we're going to talk a little bit about, like, the lists that the Apostle Paul has in his letters in the New Testament. Sometimes we can see that stuff and be like, well, like, we, if we, 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 we ask why, don't we? We want to know what's behind that. Why? Why do I? Why do you? Why not? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems silly. Like, why not steal? We're like, well, because stealing is someone else worked for that, or you know what I mean? Like, we we but we want to know why. And I think one thing when we're talking about sin or missing the mark or that brokenness is that that sin, it, yeah, breaks that. It, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, it breaks the relationship that we have with God, and it it, it impacts right. If we are, if we do something that is, we, we, yeah, we, we hurt that relationship that we have with God and we hurt that relationship with one another. So the Ten Commandments are about maintaining and keeping the intimacy in those relationships that we have with God and with one another. That's, that's the whole point. So, um, I was thinking about this because Paul and I have been looking at Enneagram a lot lately. And so I'm at Enneagram four and my vice is envy. Okay. Like, so. So this is what you were talking about earlier that the, well, it, it's actually the list from the Enneagram. There's mm-hmm. nine, yep. but it includes like what was traditionally the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. of how um, the Roman Catholic Church thought about sins. Yep. So each of those are included and then two more, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so my, my thing is envy. And so I realized like if I see, if, you're, if I'm on social media, you're on Instagram and you're posting like you're doing something fun, I immediately, I'm like, why am I not there? 
<laughs> right? I'm envious. I want that experience. I want to eat that pizza or that cookie or whatever it is that you're posting on your gram. Like that's if you're if you're in if you're in Spain, I'm like, why am I not in Spain right now? Right? <laughs> this is what this is what happens. It's my vice. Now, let me give you an example. This is kind of a silly, but I was like, let's just bring it closer to home, right? So Jamie and I are best friends. Yeah? Okay. I didn't, I know, <laughs> this was close. I didn't, I didn't talk to her about this before I went in. So let's, let's act as though Jamie and I are best friends, okay? So Jamie and I are best friends. Now, um, uh, Jamie has, like, I am envious of her eyelashes. I am envious of her makeup skills, right? Like, like, right? So I remember when I first met Jamie, we, um, people were like, oh, you and, you and your husband and, and Eric and Jamie are going to be best friends because Jamie sings and Eric plays guitar. Paul plays guitar and I sing. Like, oh, you're going to be best friends. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm automatically jealous, right? Like, there's an envy. Like, what if she's better than me? You know, God forbid, right? But there's this, like, this envy thing that builds up. Now, if I decide, right, there are consequences if I allow that envy to come between us. That's sin. Like, this, there's a sin and there's a brokenness in me called envy. And if I allow that to, if I feed that, if I allow that to be a part of who I am, that disrupts my ability to love Jamie, to care about her, to be in right relationship with her. And if, and now, and then let's break that out. Now, Jamie and I, in our particular context, if Jamie and I have animosity and ick between us, that impacts this faith community. And if this faith community is impacted by that, the, right? It, it, the, that brokenness, and we see this in the world, don't we? We just have to look back at history like one glimpse and go, wow, that lust, that king lusting for that woman caused that war, right? I mean, this is what brokenness does, and it divides, and that's, so that's the intent, like why the Ten Commandments? You know, why did he spell that out? So that we could see this is the intent, this is how we ought to live, so that we can be in right relationship with one another. Not just so that we have a rule so that we can check it off and go, done, no right. stealing today, win. You know, like it's yeah. not for that, but it's in order for us to be in right relationship. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. would love it to be that way because that's the way I, my personality works. Because you give me a list of things not to do and I can just get them right and I'm right oh, just my by goodness. doing that. Oh, yeah. That but don't you think, awesome. I feel like there's so much, so many of us would just lawyer our way through that. Yeah. You know, like, well, sure. you didn't say, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. But well, I like what you described there, even with the example of, um, you know, uh, the, the lust of a powerful person leading to a war where there's actually death. Yeah. Right. Cause that's, that's what's, what's expressed mm -hmm. by some of these new Testament writers. Yeah. Uh, the apostle Paul, Romans six twenty three. um, work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the NIV, you might be more familiar with like the wages of sin is death. Right. That's the, uh, translation of that. Or James, we just um, worked through the book of James, and James addresses this in chapter one. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. Sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. Sometimes Eugene, Eugene Peterson's, yeah, a real laugh. killer. Yeah, yeah, but it leads to death. I mean, it's yeah, a I lifetime think, movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what Jesus was talking about when he's he's saying, "Hey, um, you've heard it say to not murder, but I'm telling you, don't even like if you call a, a person a fool, you know." Um, that, I think if you're angry with somebody, right? He's saying these things are the seeds that when they grow up, they become 
when full blown, they become death. Yeah. Um, literal death sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, that brokenness between us and God or between each other, it leads us to, to death. Yeah. And like I said, just to reiterate that point, I think that we it doesn't take us long to look around in our world, like turn on the news, take yeah. a look at Twitter. And you see like when you see a school shooting, when you see bombs dropped and weapons drawn on the Gaza Strip, when you see racism and sexism, when we decide in our own lives, man, I can't go to that family function because I can't be around that person, right? These are all, this is all evidence of brokenness. It's all evidence of that, all of that ick that we, what the Bible calls, what we exist in. Yeah. Our envy, our greed, our lust. Does anybody else have trouble? I I have, like, I don't have an immediate reaction when I see a horrible thing in the world and go, oh, that's because of sin, right? Does anybody else, like, do you make that connection? Is that natural for you? That's, that's not a natural thing for me. And I think some of it maybe because um, that has been applied in a very judgmental way uh, in certain times where it's been like, oh, it's because of that city's sin that that hurricane hit that city, right? That kind of thing, which I don't think is accurate. I don't think that's that's right because um, it's, it's, it's uh, singling out like particular actions. Um, but in some way, the idea is true. Our brokenness um, is contagious and it... it the ramifications, whether yeah. we're talking about to the, a person or if we're talking about to our planet, yeah. right? All there are consequences to yes. that brokenness that we that, inevitably... Yeah. I'm going to lean on Richard right. Rohr again for that. He yeah. says, in our actual uh, misdeeds, death becomes concrete. They destroy our psyche, our relation to God, our interpersonal relationships, nature, and the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's... I think it's connected. Yeah. I mean, I think you can even look at things like Katrina and you look at the way um, a a city or a state or a country um, has failed to uh, provide ways for the poor because it's the poor that were devastated Mm -hmm. in Katrina. Right. Mm -hmm. So it is, even though it's not that (laughs) the, the, the false prophets that, that said these people are, you know, devastated because of their sin. Um, they're, they're blaming these people. They're blaming the wrong people, honestly. Uh, the, the sin that destroys uh, in that scenario is the sin of apathy, of not caring uh, for your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the sin that actually brought about the devastation in those areas. And, um, but I didn't hear those sermons when that stuff went down, right? That's not what I, that's not what I heard. Um, so how do we deal with with our sin, you know, um, we could we could do this. We can make a comprehensive list of do's and don'ts, and then live dogmatically by it. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Option one. <laughs> Anybody? Ten commandments. Yeah. Paul's vice list, and the and uh, and all those. Even yeah. opinions of like church fathers and mothers, or yeah. ongoing church leaders. Yeah. I mean, this is this is historically this has. Uh, that has up. been a way that the church has responded yeah, at times. Yeah. Okay, we we don't want to we want to make sure that we keep within these fences. So let's make the rules and let's zap people anytime they go near those fences, yeah. right? So I that's yeah, yes, no yeah, more. Yeah, fact, don't even play with pencils. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. lest that happen. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, so there's the, that there's the that Pharisees way. Pharisees actually yeah. refer to it as yeah. fences. I think yeah. that's what you're yeah. referring to. Is they would actually build out from a law that they didn't want to break and then go, let's, let's keep Protect us from that. even getting close to breaking that yeah. law. Right. Yeah. 
and, and we've done that practically. Okay, the other end of the spectrum is to live entirely by grace and not worry about it at all. Um, you'll hear people um, quote Ephesians 2.8 thinking, uh, thinking this way. Uh, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough uh, to, not, to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. Or you might be more familiar with the, the translation. For it is by grace you've been saved uh, through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And, and that's absolutely true and beautiful and powerful. But if you lean on that and go, there's no need for me to grow, God does all of it. You're missing the transformation piece. I, I think this is what happens. We kind of lump um, that initial salvation thing that happens with us in with, with the actual transformation and discipling. And, and I don't think the transformation and discipling is, in, is instant. There, there's a moment, yeah, when you say yes to Jesus, but then the, a lifetime of what it is to be a learner and, and somebody right. who's being Of working disciple. it out, of trial yeah. and error. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. Done. Yeah. But, yeah. And if you've read any church history, you know that all of church history is full of both of these extremes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need both. This is often the case, right? Often um, in human thinking, there are these dichotomies that are just like two poles at the end, at ends of the spectrum. And the truth is usually some sort of combination of stuff in the middle, right? So um, we depend entirely on grace to save us. That's totally true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I just wanted to point, this is just a little, this is just a little shout out to the Apostle Paul, because I, I know that sometimes for those of us who are very, have lived under a lot of judgment, and a lot, a lot of that, we're like, I don't even want to read the Apostle Paul, because I don't want to bump up against those lists, and just hate him, and throw things at him, and I've heard lots of mean things said about the Apostle Paul, so I just wanted to be a little bit in his defense this morning, if that's okay. Are you ready? I'm looking at you. Ooh, this is where that fruit starts getting thrown at me. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Paul gets a lot of crap about his vice list, but listen to this. this is what he says in Colossians 2. He says this, entering into this fullness that we have in Christ is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you're already in, insiders, not through some secret of initiation, right, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you by destroying the power of sin. So for Paul, the apostle, he's like, you're already in. It's already done. That grace is, okay, here's the thing. Three verses later, he's making a list, right? And you're like, why is he doing that? Exactly because of what Paul's saying. We are saved by grace through faith that is in Jesus. We are saved. Like we have, we, the, the, the sin that was conquered through the death of Christ and that resurrection, like we are now a part of that new life. All right. But now in that new life that we have, we've got to figure out how to live this out. So Paul's like, here's the thing, church. <laughs> He's writing these letters. Um, can you please stop doing blah, 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 right? Like there are actual consequences and things that we do out of that. And so Paul's making a list. But he's not making a list, so again, so that we can check it off or just so that we can, you know, ruin have a... Ruin people's fun, right? Ruin people's he's a, fun. He's accused of that often. Yeah. yeah. Jerk, yeah. right? Like... <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, he's saying, look... You are new. You're a new creation. You have now have the life, that future kingdom life that we're, it's now. You, that is yours. Now here's how we start living in that. Stop stealing. Stop, you know, lusting. Stop, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense, right? Well, especially if you buy into the principle, the idea that these seeds, these small things 
um, that start in our heart when they become full grown really lead to the death of relationship yeah. to to ultimately right. true like real death right right they keep feeding on right yeah so we need the lists I think um, to learn from mm-hmm. or uh, I uh, another way I, th- I was thinking about it this week was to confess from mm-hmm. right this idea of like being able to identify and go ah, I see that in me because how do, how do you confess something mm-hmm. if you're not able to identify it it's it's kind of this murky Right. Thing inside you. Right. You know. I don't know if anybody else in the room does this, but I will read the list and I'll be like, yeah, they need to work on that. Like, you know, like, right, you read the list, you're like, oh, yeah, they're jealous and coveting and envious and blah, blah, blah. And then you come across something that totally slams you in the face. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I'm good with all this list except, oh, not that. Right? But I think that, which is Paul's point, I think instead of shrinking in shame and guilt and like, oh, I'm not a good, I'm missing, you know, like, oh, sin, and, and then rejecting that that projected version of ourselves on, you know, that we confess, we go, yeah, man, this is who I am. I'm yeah. envious of that. And it makes me act out in this way. I am coveting that. And so I'm working really hard and I'm doing all this stuff just so I can have that. And it's not even what I should be doing. Right. It's an opportunity just to confess it, not to take it on as your, like, I better fix this even. Yeah. It's not even yeah. like we need to come up with the, you know, five point plan to get it done. Right. Like, we really can't in a lot of ways. Like, we're just like, I confess this, God. This is who I am. This is my nature. This is what I, this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, writing in the world of spiritual direction that talk about that, like, they'll assert, some of these writers are, are really bold in saying the vast majority of Christians um, never really experience uh, full conversion is what they'll call it, or transformation, um, because we don't dig down to see what that root motivational sin that's in our life uh, is and to let it be dealt with to let the light shine on it um, we keep it kind of kind of hidden right yeah. and and even uh, deceive ourselves at times about what our motives are and what what drives us in this world right. and um, but this confession thing yeah oh, it's, it's not meant to be shaming it's meant to yes, free us yes yeah yes James we just read this uh, last week Right? James 5, 16. Yeah. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you, you can live together whole and healed. Oh, what an image. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Or 1 John 1, 9. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, make a clean... Uh, make a clean... It's, it says make a clean breast of them. Uh, it can't be right. <laughs> yeah, you know. I don't, yeah, I think it must be break. And I didn't type this. I just copied it. Um, <laughs> make a clean break of them. <laughs> he won't let us down. Uh, he'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes, if we admit our sins. Anyway, I just think admission is a really big deal, like what you just said. And if we can just, even with one another, if we can move past the being judgmental or all that and just be like, yeah, I went, you know, I messed up this week. Here's what's going on with me. Here's where I'm, I'm, you know, anyway. Yeah, if we do that, then the actual, that if we can if we can admit this, then the actual work, and this is what I think is really powerful about that verse too, it's not us that make ourselves clean. Mm-hmm. It's the work of God. Yeah. It's his work in us that cleanses us. And so yeah. it's it's like that image that I've talked about. Um, we grew up with fish tanks, 
and like all of the ick would kind of come to the surface up to the top. And what I think we as humans want to do sometimes is like we don't want to deal with this stuff. Sometimes we just mix up the water and we go, there's nothing to see here. You know, <laughs> meanwhile, the fish are dying and it's just murky as, you know. So if we could just get that, allow God, God is that, God is like with that little filter, right, coming through, getting all that junk out. And we're going to create more junk and it has to be filtered out again. But that's just, that's the, that's how we live. That's the human part. You know? Yeah. Well, I think that's a, like, in, in the road of, like, developing as a believer, as a spiritual person, I think that's a, like, a, a first step, mm-hmm. is that those moments of letting that stuff rise to the top, and you go, okay, I'm letting this go, right, that process. But um, process I've been going through lately is um, trying to look, trying to look deeper, you know, and that's what Sonia's been mentioning a few times is the uh, the work that we've been doing. And the, the Enneagram is not like the Bible or, you know, it's just a tool that has been used for a long time. And it is uh, in some ways a list. This is a list that, that um, I've been working off of. And so through studying this stuff, I'm realizing that um, my, my personality's uh, kind of sin of choice um, is anger. And, and I, I really didn't realize that. And, and um, I, 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 don't, I didn't think of myself as an angry person. Um, but this was something, as I've dug deeper, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what's here. And, and here's the point that I was trying to make about confession and digging deep and, and, and getting below the surface and going, what's really there, right? Because if I can't name it, I'll, I'll probably live in denial of it. Right? And if I can't name it, how do I let it go? How do I let this thing go? And so this happened to me just a couple nights ago. This is, a, again, uh, my ongoing exercise in preaching from a place of vulnerability. Okay, so um, bear with me. I'm going to continue that exercise. Um, but uh, as I've been doing this, I've been just really aware of my, my emotional swings or moves um, and trying to be honest with myself about it. Why do I feel this way? Why, why did this day make me, make me feel um, left out, right? Um, feel like I don't have a place, you know? Now, one of the things that's helpful for me is realizing that my personality type, that is the natural thing that I'm looking for. That's what ones, I'm an Enneagram one. That's what they say ones are looking for, is their place. How, where, what's my place and my purpose? And um, Sonia and I had a day that made me feel like, oh man, I feel, I feel left out. I feel um, a sense of rejection. I, uh, I, and and I, I was upset by it. And you get tired when you're working through stuff like this, right? You're trying to grow in your relationship. You're trying to grow in your friendship. And you put yourself out there and you, put your, and you just keep doing it. And then there's days you just are tired. You're just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to. Like, I feel like I'm whining. I'm like, I don't want to whine anymore. And so I go to bed upset. And this stuff is just driving me nuts. I can't sleep. I don't know if any of you go through this when there's something that's just upsetting you. Um, but, like, I just, I can't sleep. And I'm praying. I'm like, God, I just, why is this bothering me? I wonder what this goes. And, you know, I'm processing. And um, somewhere in the middle of the night, you know, I don't know, it was 3 in the morning or something like that this stuff I've been studying kind of was brought back to me. Uh, these words of Richard Rohr talking about this stuff kind of uh, came into my mind. And it was that 
Because it is that ones have a tendency to suppress their anger and pretend that it's not even anger. And, and I've been doing that. And I had a realization that like what I, what I do to Sonia um, is I, I go, well, I'm telling you what has hurt me, right? And, and I use it almost like as an excuse to criticize um, because I won't admit that it's, it's anger and I can't let it go. So it ends up just sitting in me or at worst it breaks out in a negative way. And this came as like a moment of light, like a moment of God meeting me through the words of this, this, this priest saying, no, you're angry. You're not, you're not just hurt. You're, you're angry about this stuff and you need to let this go. And that's all I did. I had a moment of going, okay, God. And I, I just, uh, just practiced, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of um, kind of the meditative practice of leaving your hands up and going like uh, kind of as a physical sign, I'm letting this go. And um, I felt it leave me completely, this, this thing. And, and I, what I think somebody's getting at with like these root things, you know, if you do the, the work and you find out what's, what's the root in you, you're probably going to always have a tendency towards that, but then you'll know what to let go. And this is where transformation starts to take on a deeper level of stuff. When you go, oh, it's not really the thing outside me that's the real problem. I'm the one that's consistently angry, or I'm the one that's consistently envious or greedy or what it is, whatever, whatever that is for me. And you start to develop a practice of how does... How do I let this stuff go? And I think that's how these lists and these ideas of sin are supposed to work. I don't think they're supposed to beat us up and tell us, oh, you're terrible. You're just a bad, angry person, right? That's not, that's not how it's supposed to work in you. What it's supposed to do is go, oh, that's, that's, that's that brokenness in you. That's that weakness in you. Okay, now give it to me, you know? And, and it's amazing when you do that. You can have these moments of peace and freedom that come, and they're totally from the Lord. That salvation moment, it's from the Lord. It's not something I can make happen. But there are these beautiful moments that let us then, see, see, it undoes the work. When When you do this, it starts to do the work of love God, love neighbor. Um, because when we don't do it, it starts to undo that work. Right? If I don't dig deep and understand that, it starts to undo things between Sonia and I. Our relationship uh, it starts to have uh, frazzled parts and things that aren't quite working. And honesty is more difficult. And, and, and that uh, closeness is, is harder to be there. But if I'll do that work and go, oh, no, this is what's going on with me, then, then I'm able to let that stuff go. I'm able to be more vulnerable. I'm able to see. And it's dealing with what we call sin. Right? That's what that is. And, that, and so that's what I hope for all of us, is that we would be um, courageous enough to be that vulnerable, to find out what it is that's, that's driving us in this stuff, to undo the brokenness that sin uh, attempts to do in our lives and our relationships with each other and with God. And so that's what we'll continue to invite you into, is um, to these spaces to these uh, challenges of being vulnerable about what's going on with us and in our, in our lives and um, really letting God do the work and, uh, and doing our part of the work. And so.
I guess you're over there, so you don't have a closing. <laughs> I'm so used to Sonia wrapping us up. So, yeah, that's that's it. It is this journey with God is something we need to be honest with each other about, about the, the, the highs and the lows and, and um, help each other with this. And, and I really want to figure out a way to communicate how connected it is to our real life. This is always the, the difficulty with, with church life and spiritual life is the, the distance between Sunday and Monday. You know what I mean? Like you have this experience or this this thought or this idea that you learn on Sunday, but how does it apply when I go to work or school or, or go home or whatever, you know, like how? And I, I know letting God do this work in us will change our everyday, not just a, a fleeting moment. Thank you.